Hello guys, welcome back to the Green Team spoiler episodes for Malazan. It's Hiran and me joined by Janath as a boy now. He has caught up, he has read all of Carcanus and more ice books than I have. Welcome to the party, Janath. I'm kind of sad that we can't make fun of you anymore behind your back on these episodes. Yeah, I'm learning about that as I go through the spoiler episodes. <laughs> I expected it though. I fully expected it. What what kind of things do we rib you for other than uh, crying about uh, our poor? What was his name? Damn the Talani the, Mas. The Talani Mas. Yeah, that was the main one so far. And then you you had a couple things to say about Panda. I forget what they were, but uh, they're usually like, "Wow, she's catching so much more than I did when I read it." Yeah, it was definitely like that in Gardens. And that was like the fourth time I had read Dead House Gates too, and I. <laughs> Still, like, just did not catch it. Because I'm, like, following the tone of the scene. I'm not, like, looking for tricks, you know? Yeah, we see what we want to see. Hey, if if they tricked us to make us feel emotions, I mean, it doesn't mean that they're not real. Right. <laughs> That's what a story is, right? Um, we, we didn't do an episode for Bone Hunters. This is kind of the episode for Bone Hunters as well. And Midnight Tides. Um, yeah, that was just... Yeah, we, we didn't you know, really I'm talk about Midnight that. Tides. <laughs> yeah, we had AP on. We we it, talk about AP stuff. And uh, yeah, it was fun, <laughs> and it it was a cool conversation. But like, it wasn't about Midnight Tides. It was just AP. I don't know. Well, I forgot what we talked about. But it was mostly rambling. Was Midnight yes. Tides like over a year ago at this point? I don't remember uh, it hardly. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it was. No, it wasn't that wasn't long. It? We we delayed Maybe. the episode with AP very long. Yeah, I know. And we covered two books last year, so I think that could be. Yep, we need to read these years ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to do my periodic sin check in. Uh, I think this is probably the book where she kind of, kind of gets abandoned by people. (laughs) Um, I think I might be dissatisfied with the transition from Bone Hunters to Reaper's Gale sin because. As of Reaper's Gale, people are already way too scared to talk to her at all. And they're kind of just talking about how she's very scary now and she's a completely different person. But we don't actually see the transition from lonely, scared child sin to actually scary child sin. And we especially don't see the evolution of the relationships between them. Has her brother died yet? No. Okay. He just remarked about how he's sad that. Okay. I, I don't remember him dying but he did remark about how she scares him now and he doesn't really talk to her all right i think okay i remember that um i don't really have much thoughts about sin you're the big sin guy here yeah um there's uh there's one redditor who is one of the guys on smiley's podcast smiley stamp um, shout out smiley's yeah i'm sure it's very good um, it is and like, it's really good. those are some good sin essays that uh i think he has written so mm-hmm. Maybe I'll share them some point. You guys can read them and uh, finally understand what a tragic character she is. <laughs> I mean, she's a tragic character. I just, uh, what, what, what I remember of Sin from Reaper's Gale is just uh, like what you said. People just talk about how scary she is and then uh, how powerful she is. And then she's just being used for all of her magic. And that's about it. Like, I, I don't even remember much of her. Because um, in, the, what's the next book? Uh, Dust of Dreams. Dreams that she's in? Yeah. Uh, she and uh, Grub. it's so early. Grub are really good friends, and they're talking about how they've been friends forever and whatever. And I don't even remember that. Yeah, and then she goes off the deep end and crippled God. Um, which well, honestly, would... she has a justified fall <laughs> considering how she's treated. She she was pretty on the deep end in Dust of Dreams too. I mean, when um, they're when yeah. they're the the things that she was saying when they were traveling the uh, Ikarium's Warrens was. Uh, disturbing. She's a very neglected trauma victim, that's for sure. Very much so. Okay, I, I remember people talking about Sim uh, in uh, in context of her finding people in their beds at night and then being like, uh, that's weird. We're not going to let people use her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, Masan Galani um, mm-hmm. says that. And it I seems... Thirsty, just think about her. <laughs> Don't we all? That dump truck that she has. Um, people always uh, say that they don't get why uh, 
everyone in the Bone Hunters doesn't desert. I think it's mostly Masan Gilani's ass. You know? <laughs> Magic. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I will bring up some notes that I have. Mostly, um, oh yeah, from Midnight Tides. Uh, Twilight has been introduced a lot earlier than I thought she was. Uh, she didn't really pay much... Uh, I shouldn't say pay much attention to the story. She wasn't involved very much in the story, but it's uh, surprising to see her introduced so early. She really stuck out at me in my first Midnight Tides read, and I don't know why, but I guess I think I just really like the name Twilight. Uh, so she was introduced exactly when I thought she was being introduced, but she had more to do, which is still not very much. Ugh, I just burped. Keeping that in. And then um, we got a lot of... What's that thing? It's so early. Um, so when they went to the refugium, uh, Feather Witch and Udinas, they, they see the 12 sealed gates and Udinas' kid says, the boy shrugged, Tiam, Kal, Solana, Ampelas, Okaros, Karosis, Sorit, Atrahal, Eloth, Anthras, Kesoban, Alkled, Karatalid, Korabas. Olar uh, Elaine. So those are all true Elaine, I'm guessing he's naming. And I noticed the words uh, Korbas, Solana, Tiam, and Olar. So I'm wondering if they think that Olar Ethel is a true Elaine. Or maybe she or is. Or if there's just another Elaine that's not Olar Ethel around. I don't know. Olar stood up. I. Olar Ethel seems really okay with stealing people's identities and taking credit for their achievements. So I wouldn't put it past her to, you know, have stolen the name of a dragon. You mean you don't think she's Burn? She, yeah, Olar Ethel is definitely not Burn. <laughs> now nah, she knows that. Um, and then he later says that the by the mixed bloods who are gathered long ago, Draconis, Cruel, Anamandaris, blah, 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 blah. Just names a bunch of uh, powerful people. He says that the, the gates were sealed. We, we don't know anything about that, do we? I assume it's just something that Cruel did. <laughs> yeah, cruel with Draconis and Anamander and Osirk and, and Ruin and Scabandari and Sheltathalora? Yes. Um, it kind of, that, that raises a related question that I don't think we have any data on. Which came first, the Azathami or the Elaint? Or are they just kind of like two halves of the same coin? I don't think we'll ever get an answer to that. But we do get a, a kind of a, I don't know if it's a hint, but do you remember when... In Midnight Tides, they did their tile readings. It was chapter one at Midnight Tides, and like they're throwing this at you, and like you have no idea. And I still don't know. I've read it like three times. But um, Featherwitch is doing the tile readings, and she goes through what they believe are the uh, the construction of the holds and the empty holds. That's that's what that's what I wanted to talk about. Because what the hell is an empty hold? And who are the people standing in the empty hold? And why do people want this power from the empty hold? And what, uh, uh, Yakuori, Is the empty hold just a conception of the void? It could be, but like, how the hell does a void have different, um, roles? Uh, human, like, human mapping onto an arcane concept. The void would work because it basically starts out with the empty void and it ends with the empty void or empty hold is what she says. Yeah. And then she says that the uh, errant was responsible for creating all of the holds. I think that is, uh, I think that is them being incorrect though. <laughs> uh, yeah. Erastus is. But there's gotta be some, some truth there, right? Way. Yes, I, I agree. And he probably had a big role in shaping them. But at the same time, he doesn't seem to be, to me, to be the most fundamental of the entities. Like, maybe Draconis is, honestly, because he's, he's a knight, but... So, listen, first would come the three Fulcra, known as the Realm Forgers, Fire, uh, the Silent Scream of Light, the very swirl and the stars themselves, then Dolmen, bleak and rootless, drifting aimless in the void and into the path of these two forces, the Errant. So it says mm. that the Errant brought together... Fire and Dolmen. Uh, Olar Ethel and Draconis? Could be. Um, vast fields of destruction, instance upon instance of mutual annihilation. See, that sounds more to me like the, uh, 
Maybe the fire between uh, ice and fire. Um, fire would be up burns like light and dark almost. And then he says, Errant would then weave its mysterious skine, forging the holds himself, ice, alaint, zath, beast, and into their midst would emerge the remaining fulcra, axe, knuckles, blades, packs, shaped fifter, and white crow. So this is just nonsense, right? <laughs> I don't think it's nonsense. <laughs> well, I, it's, so when I when I think that he's making the holds, Isolate, Azath, and Beast, what I imagine is when he sacrificed uh, Hood's wife, right? That's what I thought of when you said it. He sacrificed Hood's wife to get the... a gate to darkness. Darkness, yeah. So, uh, and then he just he fucks off. <laughs> like I'm out of here. Oh my god! And then Hood comes and is like, "Mom, my wife is dead." Well, I, I guess I'll. I guess I'll go against death. That's the real culprit. Then as then as the realms took shape, the spiral would grow sharper and the final hold would be revealed. The hold that had existed unseen at the very beginning. The empty hold, the heart of Letheri worship. It was at the very center of the vast spiral of realms. That sounds like chaos, yeah? It's at least reminiscent of chaos. <laughs> home to the throne that knew no king, home to the wanderer knight, and to the mistress who waited still alone in her bed of dreams. So who's the, the king of... Well, it has no king, so I don't know. Maybe it's a dead king. Uh, who is the wanderer knight, and who is the mistress? Cause I have no idea. Yeah, like the mistress might be like a like an ur-burn, you know? <laughs> the burn at the center of reality. Well, maybe um, Featherwitch became the mistress. What are the other ones? Or maybe she... No. I think Erastus was trying to become the king, yeah? Um, Maybe. And the mistress who waited still alone or better dreams. Oh, the mistress must have been Burn. Listen, um, the mistress who waited still alone in her bed of dreams. I mean, who else would, could that be other than Burn? I, so it could be Burn, but we know that Burn doesn't dream the fundamental nature of reality. She just, she just dreams the world of Wu, it seems. And she's a dog runner, so she had to have come significantly later than... You know, the empty holds like the empty hold must have been around for a very long time before her. Okay. I don't think you should say she's a dog runner, like we know that's for a fact. Sure. In the frame okay, narrative sure, of, sure. of lies upon lies of Karkness, she's a dog runner. Yes. It's a possibility she's a dog runner. That's true. It seems um, it seems likely to me that she's a dog runner, but yeah, yeah. who who even told us she's a dog runner? Um what was her name? She and that dog and the old man. Oh, it was. Uh, went into. Yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know they, if it was they, something. They basically, found Burn, and they're like, "Oh, he's like, yeah, we worship her, and she's a dog runner." Okay. Well, not not and that I, we worship her. It's just like that someone worships her. Probably the dog runners, I think, right? And then at some point they damage her and heal her. Doesn't yeah, he? She heals. Doesn't someone. he admit to worshiping her too, though? And she's like, "You're a denier." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I am a denier. Like, what's it's... to you? And I think uh, Olorethel mentioned her too. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I couldn't remember if it was Olorethel or if it was that scene with those two. So I think it was both, both, actually. Okay. What was that dog's name? I like that dog. Mm -hmm. Um. So he said, "Home to the Wanderer Knight." Listen to this, and to the Watcher who witnessed all, and to the Walker who patrolled borders, not even he could see. So the Walker's got to be Edge Walker, right? Uh, Edgewalker, or what's the um, Azath and I protector guy? Grizzin Farrell. Him. No, because his name's Walker, and he patrolled borders not even he could see. Yeah, that's Edgewalker. Maybe, yeah. I think that's He's... like the first time I've seen an, uh, something relating to Edgewalker's real identity. Um, I think sometime in Midnight Times, it was also confirmed that he was a type of an Azath and I, so there's that. Who is? Edgewalker. But Edgewalker's not doesn't is never formally mentioned. I mean, if it this the thing you just read is from Midnight Tides, right? But he's not mentioned uh -huh. as Edgewalker until Night of Knives. Uh, maybe it was Rupert's Gallery. Which is in between Midnight Tides and Bone Hunters. I don't know. It was Bone Hunters when he was uh, confirmed to be as Athaniah. Oh, okay. Um why what do you say confirms it that he said that he's uh well, 
confirms an elemental a bit too strong. Exactly. They were talking about elemental forces and they were mentioning known as Athenai, and then they said that he was also an elemental force, which I just assumed meant that he was also an Azathenai. Or something just as old and fundamental. Yeah. Yeah, and then that got gets in the conversation of like what actually is an Azathenai? Are they unified at all? Are they just a, a name that we have for these entities that are old and, and they actually have no relation to one another. Um, we know does that the they're name, not late. <laughs> does, does the name come from Azath or does the uh, Azath come from their name? Yeah. Right. Very, very mysterious. I think these Azath and I are like one of the best additions to Malazan, I think. <laughs> I like you, it. It was very strange the way that I learned about the Azath and I because I was like reading stuff out of order because I was like trying to wait for the podcast. So I like first hear their name in uh, the first past two sentence book. And I was like, what the hell's an Azath and I? Oh my God. Uh, yeah. It was like <laughs> before we even read like Memories of Ice or something. It was a weird like, and they don't come up in the Book of the Fall until like book 10 or when? I think it's first mentioned in the Book of the Vault in, in either Dust of Dreams or uh, that other one, the Cripple God. Right. I think whatever they do happen to be, it's almost strictly analogous to uh, Tom Bombadil. <laughs> <laughs> Except a way more mischievous. Uh, Tom Bombadil's mischievous in like a very constrained way, right? You know, he, he set himself boundaries. I could see he's like the opposite of Grizz and Farl. You know, he could be Grizz and Farl's <laughs> brother. <laughs> Right. Oh, Tom. Um, yeah. It says, We stand upon Dolman, broken lot, pitted by shattered kin, its surface seething with life so small it escapes our eyes. Just wonderful prose, thank you. Uh, life locked in eternal wars, blade and knuckles. Any thoughts there? Blade and knuckles are both capitalized. Uh, Lath? No, uh, um, what's his yeah, face? Knuckles is Satchelath. Yeah, um, but... Like what they what they mean in the in the context of this mythology, I have no idea. Next is we are among the beasts, which I think of the beasts hold in the uh, the dog runners slash uh, Imas. Yeah, I can see the bone perch. I don't know. So um, it, like a proto hoods realm. Oh uh, yeah, that yeah that could be it. I could see the bone perch slick with blood and layered with the ghost memories of countless usurpers usurpers. Maybe it's just the throat of death yeah, and uh, that 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 leads to interesting questions It's like we actually don't know who was sitting on the throne of death before Hood if there was any did Hood like create it for himself? He had to because it was actually the throne of ice that he was sitting on, and he was dead i I, I took that to mean as like he abandoned the throne of ice and like betrayed the jacket by doing so and then claimed the realm of death for his own. Uh, I think, I think he co-opted. Um, so they talked about uh, the, the Jag Hut idea of the realm of death, right? I think he basically kind of took that idea and turned it into a realm of death for everybody. Maybe using mm -hmm. ice powers. I don't know, but you know, they talked really about like uh, crossing a bridge uh, into, you know, the uh, Jag Hood afterlife. And I, yeah, I think the Jag Hood afterlife is intrinsically linked to, you know, Hood's realm, or Maybe. just is, and it was and created by Hood. I guess the idea there would be he's now making a, a realm for people to go to when they die, as opposed to before when they were just kind of like, if you're not associated with God, you just go into like the ether, go back into chaos. Hmm. Good guy, Hood. <laughs> The best guy. He, honestly, one of the best characters. <laughs> I love Hood so much. Hood is uh, by far the best Jack Hood, in my opinion. And uh, I mean, Gothos is pretty cool. And he's racist. cool, absolutely. Race is pretty cool. Raced is hilarious. Uh, but, how like, none of them hold, like... How it's uh, awesome. Yeah, no, like, I, I, I like almost all the Jack Hood, but, like, to me, like, in terms like of, like, all really... The Hutt, they're so great. <laughs> in terms of, like, really interesting characters, like, Hood is, like by far the best of it like it's not a competition for me between them um, i don't know maybe because it's because he's like also the most unhappy and <laughs> most of the jacket are like kind of like crup and in, in the sense that they're they don't really exist solidly within the narrative uh what i've been really enjoying uh going over uh the spoiler episodes and all of our episodes uh, reading with panda and uh, janeth is finding all of the hints to uh hood's real identity <laughs> 
I think I think it was Bone Hunters <laughs> or Reaper's Gale when uh, Hedge and Quickbin are talking. And he said, Hood's above. He's like, Hood's above? What does that even mean? And at that point, they're literally bo- below the throne of ice where they found the, the dead Jack Hood body. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, let's see what, what else was. Oh, in Bone Hunters, uh, Krupp and Peron are talking. And Peron says something like, For Hood's sake. And uh, I think Krupp's like, Yes. For his sake, his you sake, must come yeah. to Darugistan. <laughs> like, oh man, how did I miss this? I really want to know how Krupp gets his information besides Krull just telling him everything, you know? I think he gets it from Steve. Maybe, because he is a meta-narrative character. He's a meta-narrative character, and I, I think he might just be Steve's, like, uh... Avatar? Familiar? <laughs> oh, familiar or, makes more or maybe sense. maybe his priest. Maybe he's Steve's priest. According to Baruch, he has like a great library inside of his mind. He yeah, but like what 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 does he use? Sherlock to fill that Holmes, library, right? Yeah, he's he's a mind palace, which is <laughs> a real technique that people really use, and I find it baffling that it actually helps anyone, but it does. Yeah, like Baruch realizes it in gardens at some point, and he like is like floored by it. So he like he he like sees how Krupp can just pick up any of the books and open them to any page and he's yeah. just like holy crap this guy he's a gary stew <laughs> it's uh yeah it, it's, it, it's a weird scene that i missed like fo- the first four times i read it and then I like had, I, yeah. I think he would be a gary stew for a character who for a reader who was just like oh man i wish i could eat all the sweets in the world i want and like be able to control people what's a if, gary stew he's a mary hey. stew but a dude Mary Sue, yeah, exactly. Oh, I always just call them Mary Sue's, um, even even when it's a dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you go back and forth. But, um, <laughs> he he definitely would be very frustrating if he didn't exist the way he does. Um, you mean if he wasn't a slob who like just sits at the bar all the time and drinks and doesn't pay his tab? Uh, <laughs> I, I would say that if he was more thoroughly grounded in the story, but uh, didn't. Yeah. If he did yeah, more exactly. than just like pissing people off and uh, narrating, exactly. He nudges people. He, he nudges he, people all the time. Yes. And yeah, but yeah. he's he's not like fighting anime or rake along with. <laughs> right. Yeah, his, his most meaningful duel is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Back to the tile reading. Um, Seer who speaks to the indifferent. I. I had no idea. I see shaman seeking tr- truths among the dead, and hunter who lives in the moment and thinks nothing of the consequences of slaughter. Yeah, I don't know if that one is mapped to any specific person, but that's that's just like a human impulse, right? <laughs> I feel like this is pointing at somebody, and I just can't grasp it. Uh, and tracker who sees the signs of the unknown and walks the endless paths of tragedy. When I think when I hear tragedy, I think of December, but I mean December is way too young, right? Exactly, yeah. Well, how old is Dasim? Like a couple hundred? Maybe. I, I have no idea. He was at the last uh, the last chaining, but we don't even know when, when that was. We just know that... Uh, everyone was at it. <laughs> yeah. Hello, we brought everyone here. Did for Shadow Throne and Dancer participate in the chaining? Yeah, they were there. Yeah, also, okay, so I was just wondering... Best, basically, I think when they decided, hey, we gotta do this, this is wrong. Yeah, maybe. So I was wondering about that when I was listening to y'all's uh, Deadhouse Gates spoiler episode because you commented on how like I pointed okay. out that that Decembre was Dasim in and and because of the name similarity and stuff and uh, yeah, well you got that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's right there. I think. Yeah, I always assumed it was him, but but one thing that I've wondered that I was wondering about when you guys were talking about it. Because you were talking about, like, how old is he? Oh, he was at the last chaining. It was basically the same, like, two minutes of footage that you just recorded again. But uh, the uh, the thing I was wondering about is, like, because Decembre is, like, a separate entity at the time of the Crippled God, like, De- Traveler is doing one thing and Decembre is doing another thing. I still don't know how that works, but yeah. <laughs> uh, like, was Dasim always Decembre? Or was there a Decembre before Dasim and he kind of like took on the mantle kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like, like is the concept of, of Decembre older than the entity 
that's a Moldor. Uh, it could be. And, and then also, like, yeah, with the how old it really is, Decimaltor, because even as far back as as the story goes, we don't, uh, for him at least, for that character, we don't really know, because the yeah, farthest and back... And the Ascendancy, yeah, he just, hey, this lady is with me, probably my daughter, and we have no idea how old he is. He's just a really pious dude. <laughs> we go back a little farther than that. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much for Ash, but but it goes back a little further than that, but we still don't know how old he is in yeah, that sequence. Huh? It's a spoiler episode, so you can spoil it. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I've been spoiling everything for Ash. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, there, there's a sequence where we see, like, Dasim Ultor, like, leave his village and, like, go. Oh, that was cool. From somebody that's maybe Hood or somebody sent by Hood or I'm pretty somebody sure that's already dead. Uh, and I, it's unclear. The sequence is very, like, murky. Um, it's unclear if Dasim is actually, like, undead after that whole training sequence and is throughout the entire series or not. There's, there's like, a weird thing that goes on with it, but when he goes back to his village, like, everybody assumes he died when he was out there and they did, we, like, we don't know nothing. how long it was we either. want nothing to do with him anymore but we have no idea how long ago that was before past to ascendancy basically so it it like doesn't give mm. any clarity as to how old the guy is or or how old he was when it happened right so uh, i i think dasim's one of the characters that cam and steve are just determined to like every answer they give us just lead to more questions about <laughs> about <laughs> He sprang into life as a level 30 fighter and never right. looked back. <laughs> so I, I wonder if the, the Dasim December split is going to resemble um, the split we see between uh, Coltane and his worshipped entity. So Ooh. the thing with Dasim oh, is like people just thought he died and he didn't actually die. And they were, I don't know if they were worshipping before he died or after, but maybe the worship created this uh, December entity that also took on the aspect of an older, maybe more primal version uh, that they have here in the holds or something. And maybe it takes on that mantle and then Dasim still existed and they're kind of just linked. But maybe that's going to happen with Coltane too. It does seem to me that like there is a part of the real Dasim in, in December, right? So And vice versa. I- exactly. So like Traveler and December are both incomplete entities. Um, which I think probably explains a lot of why Traveler actually does. But, um... Bad boy. He, very bad boy. Why doesn't Silchus Ruin get a get a god associated with him? That's what I want to know. He is a god. He, <laughs> functionally, yeah. Um, back to the tiles. There's no one upon Bone Perch. Chaos hones every weapon. The killing goes on and on. And from the maelstrom, powerful creatures arise. And the sling reaches beyond measure. This is such a cool, like, Genesis chapter. <laughs> this is, the, the, the language like this is so much more prevalent in Midnight Tides and Reaper's Gale. And it's, it's a significant part of why I like them, I think. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Such powers must be answered, the air returns and casts the seed into blood-soaked earth, thus rising the hold of the Azath. So according to Featherwitch and the Lethary religion, uh, the errant masturbated, and the Azath were born. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what, what truth is hiding in there? I don't know. We, uh, like, we don't I, actually I like see Azath in Karkinus, yeah. I don't what? think so, no. Do we? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a pretty big thing in it. Where, where, where was it? So there's a couple. One is um, the, the one they actually visit uh, is outside of Hood's and uh, outside of the Tower of Hate and Hood's army's encampment, there's an Azath house there where there was a big battle between the Jaghut and the house. And there's a, uh, what are they called? They're not called Talani Mass. Dog runner zombie that lives inside is the guardian. Mm. Okay, and then yeah. the, there's also an now. Azath house um, where we first meet Krull in the... Uh, Kachain guy, uh, Skrillex, Skrillin Dro, Skrillin Dro, yeah. They they meet 
in the yard of an Azath house, and they're and they like have a long discussion about like what the hell are the Azath anyway? Right. Um, okay. I remember yeah, that. it's a pretty big part of it. I'm I'm on the side of the Azath being like an immune response <laughs> of of the of reality to calamitous stuff. So you don't think it's a uh, a ritual of blood and semen from the uh, Aaron? <laughs> I mean, aren't we all just a ritual of blood and semen from the errant, really, when it comes down to it? Uh, the reason I don't believe that is because they seem to have been around for a long time before the errant did the first thing that the errant did that made him powerful. But, of course, that's according to Blind Galan, right? So, you know. Uh, no, th this whole religion just reeks of uh, errant worship. So, I, I, yeah. I, I'm taking it with a grain of salt. It is sure. it, it is fundamentally empty, yes. Much like the soul of capitalism. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. Deadly shelter for the tyrants. Oh, they are so easily lured, and so balance is achieved. That's just uh, what the Azath do. <laughs> but then but it remains a grisly balance, yes, no cessation to the wars, although they are much diminished. So that finally their cruel ways come into focus. So that's just an explanation of what these ass does, I guess. Um, here, and uh, but the tread of time is itself a prison. We are shackled with progression. And so the errant comes once more and the ice hold rises. And with its attendant servants who journey through the realm of war against time, walker, huntress, shaper, bear, child, and seed, and upon, uh, upon the throne of ice sits death. <laughs> yep. Howled <laughs> and frost rhymed, dealer of caring to shatter the ancient shackles of mortal life. It is a gift, but a cold one. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, then to achieve balance once more is born the elaint, and chaos is given flesh, and that flesh is dachronic, ruled by the queen who must be slain. Well, the queen's obviously Tiam, must be slain again and again by every child she bears. Yeah, Tiam, and her consort who loves none but himself. Any thoughts to that? Um, so no. in this, in this, so not, not, not to the consort, I have no clue, okay. but in this, the Elaint would also be like a natural immune response of reality then, or, or chaos specifically. So mm. they, roughly analogous to the Azath, I suppose. Yeah. Like kind of like and... gatekeepers of reality. Uh, chaos given flesh. Yeah. Then liege servant and guardian who, and doomed to eternal failure. Uh, I guess we just don't know enough about dragons. Knight, the very sword of chaos itself, where his path... Maybe that's a rake. I think so. Maybe by ingesting the blood of Tim, he became the knight. Yeah, and he also safeguards, until he doesn't, um, his sword, which is, like, it almost ends reality, right? <laughs> because chaos almost wins. Stay tuned for our Told the Hounds talk tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> And gate, which is the breath. No idea. Wivel, spawn of the dragons, and lady, the sister blood drinker, and path shaper, the fell dragons. Maybe lady is Korobos. I'm, yeah. I'm really curious. Like, we don't really get much of the Wivel after Midnight Tides. Yeah, right? I was thinking that and too. It's like a bit in Reaper scale, but like, they're super mysterious. We, we know basically nothing about them. Yep. That was basically all the tile hold. A lot of interesting, uh, uh, what's the word? Opaqueness there. Ah, opacity. There we go. <laughs> so something that I'm that, that that reading confuses me for is it says the realm of ice is rising, but ice has kind of dealt a pretty bad hand consistently throughout Malazan. It seems to be always diminishing. And retreating. Exactly. Uh, much like the shore. But at the same time, it feels to me that Hood reclaiming the realm might be a positive thing for it isn't the shore um gaining power as the ice uh the shore gives way to the sea so the, the shore is always diminishing um, uh, if you believe yeah, but shore, as right? as ice melts there's more water which erodes the beach more yeah so the sea is what's gaining power there right not okay the, not the shore good point so are the shore and ice analogous maybe <laughs> They're, well, they're definitely linked, and what exactly they represent seems like a nuanced discussion. 
but it, it does seem to me that the sea and chaos are linked here as well. Which is interesting, because Maal is one of the nicer elder gods. And um, what's that uh, chaos ocean that was in Carcanus? Oh, uh, the... Also, uh, what was that? It's also in the novels of the Malazan Empire. It's the Vitter. Vitter, That's yeah, it. thank you. I don't know. Um, not really too interesting, but Grizzenvarl was mentioned by name in Bone Hunters, so that was cool. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I thought I had uh, heard his name in the Book of the Fallen, but I could not find it. So it's in Bone Hunters. I believe the first time it was Bone Hunters. Um, and of course, he gets mentioned indirectly when we talk about the Four for Sail, killing their god, right? <laughs> yep. Totally. I guess I didn't catch that. It's uh, it's just a theory. It, there's no direct link between Chris and Farrell and the Assail, but there is... If you recall, there's a scene in Carcanus where he talks about encountering the Assail. And, of course, we don't see Grizzin Farrell in the Book of the Fallen. Not by that name, at least. I always assumed that uh, their god was Sechel. Um, I also think that their god was Sechileth. Or, um... And or Kilnandros. Yeah, Kilnandros, I don't think, looks enough like... He like seems to be, to be more linked to the Toblakai than the Assail to me. Uh, sail god because they kill they, they claim to have killed their god too yeah yes doesn't so such it, a laugh like talk about that though in crippled god like doesn't he talk about them turning on him or something or where doesn't somebody else make a jibe at him about it or i forget what it is but i i don't remember but there's um in the desert that they cross in dust of dreams they there's a shattered god that uh, was killed by the Assail, I believe. Oh, that's uh, right, yeah. Yeah, and so many theorize that it's Grizzenfarl. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I forgot about that. That was the only thing that was making me doubt at the time. Because mm-hmm. I was like, wait, is it Central, or is it this thing that died in this desert, or... Does, uh, does Ruthen Good... Sorry, uh, yeah, Ruthen Good um, show up in Reaper's Gale at all? I forget. Um... I don't think so. I remember he was mentioned in... He's, uh, just, he's just entirely an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Ruthen. I'm, I'm using Search of the Fallen here. Ruthen good, Bone Hunters, Bone Hunters, Bone Hunters, Bone Hunters, Bone Hunters. Yep. Okay. Yeah, let's look up Grizzen. I'm, I'm super curious what Panda's reaction to him is going to be. He's like, where is this guy coming from? <laughs> what, what was the... Was there a link between there's a link between him and stone wielder right but it's not in stone wielder it's in dust of dreams like him just remembering stuff about the stone wielder guy uh yeah i don't i think i I think it mentioned in bone hunters that he was on the wall fighting but and then yeah i think in bone hunters he was talking about his relationship with gray main i sorry i meant uh dust of dreams yeah, and he had to have gotten the uh, Storm Raider armor, presumably from the wall, right? <laughs> he's just he's just borrowing it. He's it was a it's a gesture of respect, I think he said that they gave to him. Storm Riders, man, super mysterious, <laughs> super mysterious. Yeah, I haven't finished a sale yet, so I don't know if they get cleared up at all. But I, I, I remember, yeah, Stone Wielder. <laughs> I remember thinking like, oh, we're finally gonna learn what these guys are all about. Nope. <laughs> they're yeah them and the Moranth. i just give me more of these guys please <laughs> the Moranth, we get some at least a little, bit, a little orb bit scepter yeah an orb scepter thrown and then uh memories a little bit yeah, memories and, a little like, bit gardens a little bit like starting up in gardens i thought they were gonna be like a huge part of the series and they just aren't but their <laughs> munitions are they're in uh no that well they're 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 part of the navy in Stonewielder too, and they and I they think they play sure. a pretty big role in Return of the Crimson Guard. They're bigger they in the ice books. The gold the gold Maranth show up and they're like we won the Civil War or something. I don't I don't remember who won the Civil War, but someone won the Civil War, and the various factions of the Maranth get used and traded around. I think it's the Black and Memories of Ice, and they almost get entirely destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, and the blues show up in at least Stonewilder, if not also Crimson Guard. 
Um, yeah, really interesting. <laughs> Please give me more Moranth, less Spargast. Oh, you get to find out how the coalition with the Moranth is founded in uh, Past Two Synodcy. Yeah. And the worst of the three books, too. It's yeah, one of that... the best parts. <laughs> it, it, it still kind of feels painted over. Like, I, I want more. Yeah, like, I, I feel like there could have been, like, 80 more pages there. It's just so... The third book is just so fast and so, like... And it's like... It's like, the exact, it's like the exact opposite of uh, Return of the Crimson Guard. Yeah. But there's just still some cool stuff there. It's got some cool stuff, but it just... I don't know. But it should have just been, like, 100 pages longer. Yeah. Or even longer. <laughs> yeah. We just need Kieran to be permanently installed in Canada, hovering over Cam's computer, <laughs> telling him when to write less and when to write more. Cam is in uh, Alaska, right? That's yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Far away and bad internet. He's a traitor. <laughs> um, any ideas about the aerosol? It's in Bonehunters, Gunath. Uh, so the aerosol who were lured into domestication by the hounds that adopted them. The aerosol who would one day give rise to the Imas, who would one day give rise to humans. I think that we know everything we need to know with the aerosol, right? Oh, really? I just know that they're like proto-human, proto-Imas, time traveling. Well, the aerosol is time traveling at least. Yeah. They're all they're all bone hunters of some sort or uh, bone casters. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like what, what else? I, what else do you uh, want to know? Like it seems everything. To me that... <laughs> Weren't they seafarers as well? Isn't that established at some point? Is it? I must have missed that. The bar star. I thought, are, I thought there was something. I thought there was something at least with the aerosol's visions that she was granting to somebody, probably bottle, that showed that they were. It was like one of those uh, first empire reveals where they were mm -hmm. like, "It was the first that the first 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 empire wasn't really the first empire. It was whoever these seafaring people were." So yeah, these I, seafarers weren't even the first empire. They were actually these people. And they weren't even the first empire. It was the southern. Yeah, the, yeah, the first empire is totally like the Tice, right? <laughs> it was either. I bet it was the, the Jack Hut. Yeah, it was maybe. either the aerosol or it was somebody else as viewed in an aerosol vision. But regardless, something is. There was some big revelation. I forget what book, maybe nine, where the aerosol is giving bottle visions and. He is like freaking out because he's seeing them like travel to to different lands and like conquer, and he's like, "What? We weren't the first. It wasn't even the IMAS." And uh. mm. yeah, see that? There's a lot more we don't know, Ashaman. An infinite amount of things. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is fair. I, but like for the aerosol character specifically that shows up, like she feels pretty. Uh, like it feels like we have everything we need to know about her right she's a she's a time traveler she has unique healing capabilities like when she heals Akarium. and this is all born of just like a different conception of reality and yet she's like also this pretty primal creature that doesn't uh respect consent very well <laughs> <laughs> and kind of cares for what's left of her children it seems like yeah, it seems like it's her job to travel time to create people who will do things so that they will do things so that she can create them. And yeah, and just like kind of fix reality in a lot of cases. Because uh, it, it, it seems like Ikarium is like a fundamental, he was a fundamental wound and uh, one that she healed at the end of Bone Hunters, right? You mean Reaper Scale? Uh, um, no, no, no. When, when, after Trull fights Ikarium and then Quick Ben fights Ikarium and then she touches Ikarium and Ikarium passes out and we never see Ikarium go into a rage again, right? Sure. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah, his connection with Chaos was healed then and then he starts getting his memories back. He, like, he never loses his memories in Reaper's Gale or, uh, I mean, like, at the end when he makes the, what's-his-faces, the coin places, the, the... I know what you're talking about, but yes, the thing. Yeah, the thing. When he does the thing and he makes himself the new cruel. He loses his memories for a bit, but he then regains them because it's a different thing. And then, you know, he ascends reality. <laughs> and then his best friend dies. Speaking then, of the aerosol, did we did did we ever figure out 
who her kid with Troll is in the series? Is it ever, like, implied or explained or... It is, isn't it? Um, I forget the answer, but I feel like I, we, we were. I was thinking about it. I think this. I think we've talked about it before, but I don't remember. I, I think we decided that her child with bottle was a uh, kettle. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if that was true, and if that's true, then who is it with troll? <clears throat> um, let's check Google. Maybe they know who is. Whoops, troll and Aerosol's child. I can't believe that Troll uh, didn't tell uh, Seren Padak that he slept with another woman before uh, their marriage. Pretty deceitful of him. Niflrog has an answer. That's probably right, then. <laughs> um, so he says, The aerosol um, gathers DNA from two interesting subjects. One of them is Troll, the other is Bottle. We know of two possible offspring of aerosol. One is literal and the other is a bit murky. One is Kettle, the other is a Narek race. Who are the Neric again? <laughs> They're the ones that kill um, Hull. Right? That's the... Yeah, he killed Hull. Culture. And then the the tall Neric son in Reaper's Gale, or maybe it was Midnight Tides, he gets revenge on Garen Ebricht. Yeah, they have eater blood, don't they? I think that's established. Right? And they have... Honestly, maybe. yes. I totally buy that he's the progenitor of the Neric. Because okay, they but... seem to occupy kind of like a special place in the genealogy of the Lothari continent. And seem to have some special knowledge of events going on and, and like a special curse to them as well. I buy it. Sure. Let's go with that. Smart guy, Nifarog. Thanks, Nif. Hey, Nif, you should come on our podcast sometime. Oh, good idea. Uh, those, I think, are all the things I brought. Oh, last thing. Uh... The epilogue, I think, of Bonehunters was extra tasty uh, because Tatian tells Shadow Throne that he should fear for his own child. And that's all we're given. Oh, man. I don't remember this. It's the epilogue. Bonehunters, Tatian and Shadow Throne are talking. And he's like, hey, why didn't you do anything? And he's like, yeah, I'm doing my own thing. You should not be worrying about me. You should be fearing for your own child. Wait, whose child? Shadow Throne's child? Yep. I don't believe that Shadow Throne procreated. He, uh, he has many children has of his mind. Tavor, and he has the oh, Talon. You know, maybe Tavor is his uh, bastard daughter. You never know. <laughs> I was going to say that, but no. Like, I'm 90% certain that... It could be a metaphor, like how she's a about... child of the Empire. Well, I mean, she literally says in The Crippled God, I'm a child of the Emperor. Yeah, but isn't she being metaphorical? Well, exactly. So is Tatian. Right, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yep. I just want uh, I want Steve to come out and give us an answer of what percentage of the crippled god being freed it can be attributed to Krupp, and what percentage can be attributed to Shadow Throne, and do they together make up about fifty percent or more? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Look at the questions. It, it does like. It seems to me that Hood was kind of on a different agenda to them um, with this. At what point was Mail involved? I don't know. I don't, do we get any hints here? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, since we got Janeth here for the first time, are, are there any things that you're itching to talk or ask about since maybe about Karkinus? <laughs> he says hopefully. <laughs> um you still haven't read um the god is not willing right i have not re read the god is not willing for a sale or the last one and a half corbola uh corbel brooch and apocalypse there is goats of glory i haven't read goats of glory either i'm a poser there's, there's there's one thing in the god is not willing that seems very relevant to the the fundamental nature of the Malazan world, and then not really any references to Karkinus aside from that, right? Yeah. I, I, do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. I really want to start the God is not willing, but I didn't it's know. It's so good. Uh, are we gonna no, do? It's very good. It's very. If it's we're easy. gonna, if we're <laughs> gonna do Nox soon, though, I should do that. Admiral like, Nox. Like yeah, should I'd we be wait? Fine doing Admiral Nox. 
Should we <laughs> wait until we're done with Toll the Hounds to do item knives? Because didn't you already read it, Ash? I make no uh, promises. Yeah, I, I, just, I just read I, it. I don't even know if I could finish Toll the Hounds, so... Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, should I just read The God Is Not Willing anyway? I don't know. It's a really good book. Yeah. You know? Okay. Uh, I mean, if I can make time for it, I'll do everything I can, but... <laughs> right. Well, yeah, like, I, I know I could read it, but I don't know if I'll, like, be called upon to discuss it in four and a half months, not remember it, but not want to reread it again yet. Yeah. Pure Nazi. <laughs> Last year, we were like, yeah. hey, let's do a Pure Nazi episode. And then, like, a month ago, I messaged him, like, did everyone else also forget about this? I totally did. Absolutely. (laughs) This book is kind of like the last we get of the Eater, and I'm really curious as to what happens with them. What's this book? You're talking about Reaper's Gale? Reaper's Gale, yes. You know, the spoiler episode book. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I suppose that's what we're talking about. Even though we talked about, like, the Night Tides the entire time. Yeah, the Tides and Bone Hunters. Like, I don't know what to talk about from Reaper's Gale, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, um, the Eater... They just like go home, right? <laughs> That's they, what they happens. They pack at the up end. their things. They take their ball. They go home. Uh, probably rejoining the little colony of them that stayed behind in the first place. Basically, what they should have done at the end of Midnight Tides. <laughs> what they should have done, like after the fifty percent mark of Midnight Tides. I don't know. After they dissuaded the Lothari from attacking them. Well, after Briss was like, "Hey, I I took care of your emperor. Uh, you guys should leave." Okay, we'll go. <laughs> Well, and the the problem was that sea god guy that came in and killed Rulad. And the heirs. Uh, Errant. Yeah, yeah, Erast is messing everything up, of course. Because he wants more tragedy. Because he's the author, in a way. Bastard. Bastard. I don't know. Those are all um, my notes. Yeah, I, I guess we can talk a bit about Silchus Ruin, if there's anything to say. Uh, he's strikes me throughout the book is like a man in deep conflict that he's not willing to share with anybody else <laughs> well i mean yeah <laughs> he, at the like and he seems very different from carcanus to this obviously because he spent like thousands of years in his death hundreds of thousands of years in his death and he's trying to grapple with the world and kind of failing to see it as as it has become, or like is unwilling to, and then he gets the rude awakening where he gets blown up a bit, mm. and he doesn't do much in the rest of the series, right? No, he yeah. has a pretty big role in Triple Bad. What's he do again? He trains Dragon Boy. What's he doesn't name? do anything. <laughs> uh, and he meets up with the guy who. First trained the hounds of shadow. They uh, get into a fight with somebody after they talk it out, and he has like a talking sword. And I mean, there's, I mean, it's not like a ma- the most major role, but it, there's a lot of page time to, to committed to to him. Yeah, and like he doing. he appears, but like at the end of the midnight ties, like he's like a calamitous event unleashed on the world, right? And for most of Reaper's Gale, he's like he's like a really big player. He's like one of the most powerful people in Letharis. And then his importance is kind of not after that. Which is kind of it's kind of similar to the uh, Rolandros. What, 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 whatever it was, the monster that's unleashed in Bone Hunters and then gets murked by everything it comes across. Rolandros, yeah. Yeah, it, I see the echo there. But the, I don't know. I'd have to reread Crippled God to remember exactly why any of the stuff he does matters in it. <laughs> like, Rudalal, like, if not, he's, he's very much a character that has no impact on the plot when, like, at any point, right? Is that Because he's, he's being set up to fight the dragons at the end, and then uh, he's just told not to, and he doesn't. <laughs> if I remember. And Book 10, you mean? Yeah. Hmm. And, and but prior it... to that, he's, like, being set up as, like, this guardian to the refugium, but it turns out he's not needed at all. Why is he not needed? Because of... Because of the Emas and Quick Ben and Hedge, basically. Okay. They, they all us. kind of merc the uh, dragon. But, like, but that doesn't... I mean, the Emas wouldn't... None of them would have been there if it wasn't for him. 
in the first place, right? Didn't he uh, like, lead the I guess, IMAX like, there? He's not the one doing it. He's he's just kind of like a like a, a lodestone. And, and like obviously, like when Menendor wants to make a baby, she rapes Udinaz, and that has a huge impact on his character. So like like his his presence affects the story, but he doesn't him he himself does not do anything. Not well, not on page. Arguably, he did. He was like the leader of the EMAS for a while, wasn't he? He was like really important to them. Is he, yeah, he was important to them. But like those EMAS aren't the important ones. <laughs> They're kind of just living their lives, having like hunting their animals, getting saved by other people. Yeah. All this still chest ruin talk reminds me of Scabandari Blood Eye. Oh, now there is a character that's set up to be important and then isn't. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's true. A lot of importance and meaning is placed upon him, and then like we don't ever actually meet him. We just yeah, yeah. He gets the prologue in Midnight Tides, and he seems like an entirely one-dimensional villain there. And there's like a hint that like maybe Fear is gonna find him and redeem the Eater, and I I think that Fear kind of does, but. Obviously, Skibandari is not any part of that. And he's, he well, is still just kind of gets consumed. Isn't he Kettle? Isn't he in Kettle at the time? Hmm? Isn't he? Isn't he in Kettle at the time or something? Wasn't he like a? Wasn't his Finest in Kettle or is that? Or his uh, was the Finest was whatever was keeping the uh, uh, refugium running, right? And then oh, Kettle okay. had and the seat of the Zath. Right, Kettle replaces the. Or yeah, kettle fuels the Azath, right? Which yeah, then becomes the is like stabilizes the anchor, the yeah, right? yeah, right. Okay. So at some point in Midnight Tides, kettle gets infused with the soul or the seed of the Azath, and then uh, is just kind of carrying it, and then explodes when it uh, <laughs> when right. it needs to come out, and is super sad the entire time because she knows she's gonna die. Yeah, so come Book of the Fallen Times, everyone hates uh, Scapandari except for the Aether, and they blame him for everything. And they said he's responsible for the rift between light and shadow, or between shadow and dark, and light and, and shadow. shadow. And shadow yeah. and shadow. Shadow <laughs> and um, shadow. But in Karkinus, he doesn't seem too bad of a guy. So I'm wondering Does... if they're blaming... Yeah, and Karkinus, doesn't he just like not want to fight yeah, he's like, yeah. "Hey, don't rape people, don't murder them." <laughs> but also, well, it seems pretty sympathetic. No, I, I want to do that. But then, uh, yeah, but then after that, he like also refuses to follow Ruin, right? Well, they, like they he, do a coalition. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, sorry, you're talking about Carcanus. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Like at first, he like for, like he rejects the Legion and the. I mean, as is proper, right? Because it's the Legion between and light and, and dark. And they, they right? start becoming shadow. And, but then is that what is him not choosing to follow either really what causes the rift or is the rift there? I don't know. I think they're they're blaming him for a lot of things that he didn't actually do that. He doesn't do. He's, he's not really that bad of a guy. He's just like, yeah, I don't want to like go along with these crimes, but I'm also not going to like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you either. I don't know if all these bad things are being attributed to him because of these reasons that we already know, or if there's actually more to come, you know? Mm, and, yeah. um, I think the prologue of Midnight Tides and Reaper's Gale take place before the crippled god is brought down, right? Could be, yeah. So, I, like, it's mm. very ambiguous as to what extent we can even trust them, because, like, where is, um, Kellen, no, not Kellen, but what's his face? Uh, Kamensad. Oh, to what extent can we trust Kamensad's recollection of these events? Because he wasn't actually there. Like, how does he have any information about them at all? Maybe he was talking to Silchus Ruin when he was in the Azath house. But that's how he gets all of that information. Like, like how's how's he, he? So the, the book of the Fallen has to be like something that he's just the editor of instead of the uh, the author. And he like sometimes makes authorial inserts. Like he he goes around like a reporter interviewing all of the major characters. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's exactly how I think it happened. Um, or he maybe. just makes up details. Like, uh, I think he's if you look at Total Hounds, every time that... Well, yeah, he's obviously making up a lot of the details. Because if, if you look at Total Hounds, which is the cipher of the series, mm-hmm. uh, and we look at 
Krupp's narration, like there's absolutely no way that he could know like most of what he's narrating, right? So he ha- he has to make up stuff. I guess for, for a lot effect. of the information, he could just be talking to Cruel because Cruel was there at almost everything, and Cruel is who made the Warrens. So like he has information access to all that information when people use it. Mm-hmm. Um. So like a really long heart to heart chat there, but uh, obviously there is no way that he could have have information from Skibandari, mm. and unless he was talking to Silchus uh, Ruin, then he wouldn't. Yeah, he he wouldn't have Skibandari's pr- perspective. I think. Right. Mm. Good point. Maybe he talked to Blind Gallon. <laughs> Who knows all? Yes. <laughs> Blind Gallon, uh, just better Fisher, in my opinion. You know, he's the he's Tice, he's blind, which is cool. And he's kind of like Homer. And uh, he, he's the one that's uh, doing Carcanus, which is very impressive. Okay. Apparently just on the spot, too. Homer wasn't actually blind. Okay, well, we don't, we don't even know if Homer was a person. <laughs> okay. You're saying you, you can't just cite one source from years after Homer was... Uh, around and say Homer may or may not have been blind. We don't know, but he likely wasn't blind. Uh, that's and, very and, true. And yes, but I, I think the odds are very high that Steve was inspired by the story of a blind Homer when he was c- coming up with Blind Gallon. I think that's very true. Yeah. Also, what's with all these ties just blinding themselves? Oh, they're just too cool. I love the Tyst. I love the Tyst more <laughs> every time I read them. No they're they're very understated, but there's just so much. There's so much there. I think. I wonder if the um, well, yeah, we that can, that can be something that we pay attention to when we read Toll the Hounds and then talk about it in the next spoiler episode. So I think a preview of what we should talk about next time is uh, like how the m- memories or supposed memories or whatever you want to call it of the stuff that went down in Carcanus and with Mother Dark in Toll the Hounds, like whether it's whether and when it conflicts with Carcanus or like is some that, of the that's stuff. That's like 90% like, of our conversations here. Is some yeah. of that stuff like <laughs> after Carcanus? Oh, okay. I've, yeah, when I've been reading Toll the Hounds, I've been just like, wow, this doesn't line up with Carcanus at all, right? Like it, it seems like there's no way that these two things could both be true and there there needs to be significant alterations to one or both of the stories to make it fit with each other and it, like it's probably both stories are incorrect because at this point everybody is hundreds of thousands of years removed from the event and they're all going to have different stories that they've been telling themselves about it. I don't think well, Anne remembers it like Yeah, all, see right? <laughs> and I was I was wondering like because the the mother dark that we see in Toll the Hounds is like like the one that we see in the flashbacks I mean it's like totally different from the mother dark we see in Carcanus and yeah not only that but like at the point that we're at in Carcanus so far the blood of TM hasn't been uh yet, yeah yeah so like that stuff hasn't happened yet some of it and it's got to so happen it in all life it may it may too. line up more i mean uh, walk, and uh walk and shadow yeah 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 it may line up more as it goes you know because well, the and, characters could move more towards the total the hounds version mm-hmm. of the story or not you know isn't I mean, there a fourth book coming out in this series as well didn't, didn't he was talking about one? maybe doing that yeah he oh, said he, he might have to just split walk and shadow in half <laughs> yeah it's like it's still like a trilogy but for publisher's sake <laughs> make <it laughs> Yeah, partially because of a lot of Calor stuff, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. A lot of it's got to do with Calor. Dude, just give me a whole book King. about. Give me a whole book about Calor. I want a book about the, the first empire. Character. What's that? Which first Ash? empire? Uh, Calor is such an interesting character, and also what first empire, Huron? I'm talking about the one of just <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he, I think he also mentioned that maybe the, he would have to do a quadrilogy for the uh, or tetralogy for uh, Rant. I mean, Car- uh, Carsa. Yeah, Witness. Mm. Witness. Yeah. Which would and make... I think a, a, a Tetralogy would make more sense, personally. Didn't he say that Carsa's not going to be in book two, either? <laughs> hey, he's not going to. Because they're, they're going to seven cities, and Carsa's not in seven cities. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh. the thing. Oh, it, sh- it should, it should go uh, Getabacchus, seven cities, Letharis, and then finally 
you know, they meet Carsa. Yeah, that's just my opinion. But. And Carsa's like, this is all dumb, and walks walks <laughs> off to primordial chaos to make another reality. I think but, I just need to read God is Not Willing so I don't hear spoilers for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it, it takes place in Genovacus, but uh, that's... That's not uh, really much spoilers. Yeah. Uh, main character is Carsa's uh, son. Well, one of the main characters, yeah. Well, I'd say the main main character, though. Yeah, I, I, I suppose. No, the, the main main character is what's her face? The super cool, probably autistic woman, right? No, <laughs> no, no. Oh, she's just the best. I feel so bad that I can never remember her name, but. Uh, Stillwater. Yes, Stillwater. Oh, Stillwater. What should we call it? <laughs> um, I think we probably should. Yeah. Um, do, do you have any lingering questions that you were just really confused about? Uh, that we probably also can't answer, Janice. Probably. I don't know what they are. <laughs> I'll try to think of them for next time. Oh, um... I, I need I to reread did... book four and five, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I did want to talk a bit about Tehol and his installation as Supreme Philosopher King, backed by a deity, um, via unscrupulous means, shall we say. Um... There's a really a, interesting tension there. I think there's probably a better talk for Dust of Dreams, yeah? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's not like relating to the lore of the entire it's, Yeah, it's, it has nothing to do with Karkinus. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just something that I think would be better for a regular episode because we don't need to worry about spoilers. Yeah? Um, maybe. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious as to where the state of Letharis, um as of the time of not uh, the god is not willing, but that's why book three needs to be in Lethrus. That I agree, actually. You've convinced me totally. Um, now you just uh, gotta convince Steve. <laughs> just gotta convince Steve, and also, what god would they be uh, not worshiping or worshiping, but maybe Tehol himself? Honestly, what we need to do is just get Nifilrog to say it. Maybe he already has, and I'm just parroting his uh, what he said. Uh, and then Steve would be like, "Oh, Nifilrog's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe." <laughs> all right uh, all right everybody that's that's our spoiler episode for uh, reaper's gale hope you enjoyed all the topical conversations here uh we'll see you next time thanks for uh thanks for coming on here and then janeth bye bye see bye. ya